Hey there, welcome back to another episode. Today is going to be a fun episode for me. It's going to be more of a storytelling episode. Most of the times here in the podcast, I'm sharing a specific tip or a teaching strategy that you can use in your classroom. But today, I'm going to get a little personal, roll back the curtains a little bit, and tell you part of my journey as an educator to where I am today. But before I do that, we have something exciting going on here. We are celebrating one year of the Linktivity Learning Membership. In 2021, September of 2021, we opened the doors for the very first time to teachers to get access to our entire library of Linktivities. And I am so excited that over this past year, we have welcomed hundreds of teachers into the membership to use Linktivities with their students. And so we know that if there are hundreds and hundreds of teachers, that means that there are thousands and thousands of students that are being impacted by Linktivities every single day not just in the United States, but around the world. We have members from Ireland. We have members from South Africa. We have members from Australia and New Zealand and England. We have members from China. I am blown away how far and wide Linktivities are reaching, and we are celebrating one year of doing that today. Although the story of the Linktivity goes back far beyond just one year. In fact, that's what I want to do today. I want to share with you the story of the Linktivity from its origin, how it got started, and how it has evolved and grown into what it is today. So I'm excited because I've never shared this story completely in its entirety, and I'm going to do that with you today. Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. So many of you may already know this part of my story, but I began teaching back in 2006. It was a very high needs, high poverty district that I worked in, and I was hired just five days before the first day of school, which is actually not an unusual practice for the district that I worked in. And I'm sure many of you have experienced similar things that you get hired very quickly before the first day of school. So I was hired five days before the first day of school, and I was hired to teach fourth grade in a very, very old building, 1912 to be exact. It was old. I can remember my principal walking me up to the second floor of the building to show me my classroom and looking in it for the first time, I knew that I had my work cut out for me. And like I said, I had five days to get my classroom ready as a first year teacher who knew nothing about how to get a classroom ready. Now, luckily, my mom was a fourth grade teacher for many, many years as well. So she actually had given me a lot of her stuff to help me not only decorate my classroom, but also some materials as well as far as teaching resources. Now, mind you, this is 2006, so there's no Pinterest, no teachers pay teachers to get resources, no Instagram to get inspired from, none of that. I did, however, have a huge stack of mailbox magazines that my mom had collected over the years. So if you taught in the 90s, early 2000s, you know all about mailbox magazine, I'm sure. Well, I had a stack. In fact, the summer after my first year of teaching, I actually went through each 
individual magazine issue and I created a card catalog system of all the different activities that could be found in the different issues. So I went page by page and I wrote down this activity can be found on this page and then I would cross reference and oh my gosh it makes me cringe slash laugh to think about how much time and energy I put into that card catalog system especially since it's such an obsolete system today but you don't know what you don't know. So nonetheless, the card catalog system served me very well my first couple of years of teaching. But here I was, fresh out of college, my first teaching job, five days to get ready. So as I'm in my classroom and I'm going through all the things that have been left behind by a previous teacher, and if you've inherited a classroom from a retired teacher, you know what I mean. There is just stuff everywhere. There's stacks of papers that they didn't want to get rid of. There's books that are too outdated to keep, but they never got rid of those either. There was a lot. And I found this stack of social studies textbooks on one of the dusty shelves in the back of the room. And these textbooks were so old. I think that they had a copyright date from the 1970s. So now I'm not assuming that they were the actual books that were being used. At least I hope not. But it just goes to show you the lack of resources that I had available to me. And I learned really early on in my teaching that I was going to be creating most of my own resources, but I had my mailbox magazine treasure trove, so I was all set. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, I also learned really early on how much I actually enjoyed creating my own resources. It was one of those things that I was forced to do, but then also ended up enjoying along the way. Now, although I lacked in resources, I had an amazing teacher friend, Michelle, that for some reason decided wanted to make friends with me, the new teacher, at the beginning of the school year. So we began planning together and creating resources together, and we did everything in our classrooms together. It was such a great support for me as a new teacher, and she was such an amazing educator, still is today, and she taught me so much about teaching. So I was really lucky to have her, but she wasn't as comfortable with technology. So we made a really great team. She would help me with how to teach something and what needed to be included in an activity, and then I would go make it look pretty on the computer. Now, I say technology, but let's be honest. The technology that we had available to us in 2006 barely registers on the radar of technology compared to what we have today. But nonetheless, I fully embraced it. It was my jam. So that first year, we really worked together as a team to create resources for our classroom. And one of the things that I used a lot, because again, it was one of the only tech tools we had available to us, was PowerPoint. I could make a PowerPoint presentation that would blow you right out of the water. All the bells and whistles, all the animations, everything. I would spend hours on a single presentation. Now, I could do that. I was single. I didn't have any kids, so I had the time to do that. And I would take the time to do that. Now remember, all of our textbooks were super out of date, not to mention boring. So I would often create these PowerPoint presentations that we would use to teach the content from the textbook instead of reading it. And of course we did it as a whole group. I would hook up my computer to the LCD projector because we didn't have a one-to-one -one classroom back then. And I began seeing how these presentations from PowerPoint began to engage my students in a way that the textbook could not. And even more, more engaging would be when I would allow a student to sit at my desk and be the person controlling the animations with my computer mouse on the PowerPoint. And of course, these types of presentations became even more powerful when I got a smart board in my classroom. However, my school was a little late to the game, so I didn't get a smart board until 2001. We were rocking the PowerPoints for a long time. But man, did I love having a smart board once I got one because now it was even 
easier for students to interact with the presentation and drag and drop and manipulate the screen and all that good stuff, I could really start to see the increase in student motivation. Now, fast forward a bit, after I left the classroom to write curriculum full-time, I still worked very closely with my friend Michelle. She would still use a lot of the resources that I created, which was great because then I could get feedback on what worked, what didn't work, as she used them with her students since I was no longer in the classroom. Well, one day she asked me if I could create a PowerPoint presentation for teaching U.S. regions. She was teaching fifth grade this time, and she was talking about how she really wanted students to feel like they were going on a quote quote, road trip around the U.S. and visit each region. And as they visited the region, they would learn about the climate and the landforms and popular tourist destinations and all that about for each region. So of course, I said yes, and I started creating this U.S. regions PowerPoint. So to help you visualize, it looked a little something like this. Students would open up the first slide of the PowerPoint and it had a map of the U.S. divided out into regions. So they would click on one region, it would take them to another slide within the PowerPoint presentation, and then they would go through a series of slides within that section that taught them about that particular region. And I included things like music and other animations and graphics and pictures and visuals, all that stuff that would be associated with each region. Well, I can remember Michelle calling me and saying, oh my gosh, my students loved it so much. She had taken them to the computer lab and they each got to do the PowerPoint on their own on their individual computer and she said they were so quiet because they were so enthralled in the PowerPoint. So she was like, you got to do more of these. Can you do one for colonial jobs? Because that was going to be her next unit in social studies. So I did. So now students had a PowerPoint where they could click on the different colonial jobs and, and learn about each of those jobs. So it was very similar setup. Now at the same time that I was creating these PowerPoints for my friend Michelle, I also began sharing them with teachers in my Teachers Pay Teachers store. And they blew up. I was constantly getting requests for new topics like the European explorers, Native American regions, the branches of government. And all of those are actually still in my store today. They've gone through many, many, many different versions to where they are today, but those topics are still there as well as that U.S. regions one. It doesn't look the way it used to, but it's still there. And as soon as I would put out one of these PowerPoint presentations out into the world, I would get flooded with more topic requests. And I was hearing the same thing over and over. My students love doing these on their own. They love having the control and clicking through and doing all that. They were so engaged. I would hear these things over and over from teachers who were using them, not to mention my friend Michelle, who was also using them with her students. Well, now when Google Classroom came into the picture, I began having a lot of requests from teachers to not only make them in PowerPoint, but also make them in Google Slides so that they could easily assign them in Google Classroom. And Google Classroom or Google Slides very similar look and feel, very similar features and functions as PowerPoint. So not really too much changed between what it looked like in PowerPoint as opposed to what it looked like in Google Slides. But I gave options for teachers because they wanted to use them in different ways. So now I began creating them in both places. And as my library of these digital learning guides, which is what I began calling them at the time, my library began to grow. And after my digital learning guides library had grown substantially, I had another teacher friend that was like, you need to have a fun name for these digital learning guides. Digital learning guides is a bit of a mouthful. So teachers need to be able to refer to them to their students and refer to them like they do something like brain pop. You know, everybody knows what brain pop is. So we came up with the name Link and Think. 
So, you know, a student clicks on links in the PowerPoint or the Google Slides and it makes them think, link and think. And it kind of rolled off the tongue. It was fun to say. So these digital learning guides became known as link and think and they were link and thinks for years. And around that same time, Google Slides added the ability to have audio, to be able to add audio to each slide. And this was great because it meant that now we could record what was on the text and then students would have the ability to have that text read to them, which was great for struggling readers or students who are learning the language. It was just a great support for those students. And, you know, PowerPoint did have this ability, but it was sometimes glitchy depending on the version of PowerPoint that you had. So we started adding audio to Google Slides. Well, then we ran into an issue with the audio in Google Slides. Since Google Slides is a shared document, hundreds, if not thousands of students were accessing the same Google Slides link and think at the same time. So they were all trying to play the same audio clip at the same time. So Google Slides or Google had this weird thing where you could only listen to a certain audio clip a certain amount of times each day, and then it would shut down. You would no longer be allowed to hear that audio clip. So obviously this created a lot of frustration for teachers and students because they would go to listen to an audio clip and it wouldn't work for them. So we stopped putting audio in Google Slides because it just caused too many glitches, too much frustration. But we heard from teachers how much they appreciated having the audio. So we began exploring other platforms to create our link and thinks on. And we needed something that would support audio, something that would look and feel of a PowerPoint or a Google slide. And obviously it needed to be something that was easy for students and teachers to navigate because Google slides and PowerPoint is very user friendly and something that teachers and students were already accustomed to. So we needed something that was going to feel very similar. Well, my husband, Jacob, who who happens to be super tech savvy. He's actually a software engineer by trade. He's worked with technology his entire adult life. And he kind of set out on a research journey and found some amazing tech tools that could do everything that we wanted that we already were doing in PowerPoint and Google Slides, but so much more, including the audio feature that we so badly wanted to keep for our teachers and our students. So we began creating Lincoln Thinks using several different tech tools, actually, and then combining them together for one big presentation. But in doing so, in using all those tech tools, we could take multimedia animation to a whole new level that was just not possible with PowerPoint or Google Slides. So from what started as a PowerPoint, grew into a full-fledged multimedia learning experience that I now lovingly refer to as an eduventure. Students not only read and listen, but they also watch videos. They complete digital interactions on the screen. They can drag and drop objects with a touchscreen or a mouse. They can play with digital flip cards, interactive timelines, digital mo magnetic poetry. With the new tools that we're using now, we are literally learning something new every single day, some new feature, some new interaction that's made possible through all of these technology tools. It's actually both overwhelming and exciting to know that the possibilities are endless when it comes to what we can create. Just when I think I've figured out and learned all the different things that are possible, I learned something new, which is great, but again, it can be a little overwhelming and it makes me want to then have to go back and redo everything. As a teacher, I'm sure you can totally relate to that idea of wanting to have something perfect, but it is what it is. And of course, all these new technology tools meant that I had to learn some new tech skills myself, which of course has a huge learning curve. 
So to give a little perspective, this is all happening late 2019. Lincoln things were becoming even more popular with teachers, and it actually became one of the only things that I was creating for teachers. The demand was so high, and it's all that I had time for. So I made this really big shift in my career to focus solely on Lincoln things. And I was okay with that because I really absolutely loved creating them. I could not get enough of it. And I knew that teachers and students were loving them, so I was okay being known as the Lincoln Think Girl. So when I made this shift, I really then had to stop and think about the future of Lincoln Thinks and how I could continue to support teachers in this way. So I said to my husband, what do you think about creating a website for me where we could put all of our Lincoln Thinks in one place, just Lincoln Thinks, so that teachers could have access to the entire library of them, use as many or as little as they want, and they wouldn't have to purchase them separately. They would just have all of them because that was what was happening is teachers were coming to me wanting to buy so many Lincoln things, which was obviously getting costly, and they were asking if they could somehow bundle them together and get a discount. So I actually did try that for a while. I had a build your own custom bundle on Teachers Pay Teachers, but I spent hours each week manually emailing people their custom selections of Lincoln things. So it just was not a sustainable process. So I brought this idea to my husband about creating this membership website that would give teachers unlimited access to the entire library. So think of it like Netflix. You go into the membership, you choose what you want, you watch it. In this case, you select the Lincoln thing that you want and you share it with your students and you're good to go. You can come back the next day, choose a different one. So my husband agreed. He thought it was a great idea and he began creating this website for me, but it was on the side working nights and weekends because he was still working full time at his other job. So it was a little bit of a slow progress. We have two young kids. Our lives are busy. So the process of building the website was a slow burn, to put it nicely. (laughs) And at the same time, I decided to go ahead and trademark Lincoln Think because it truly was becoming a thing, a brand, and I wanted to make it official. Well, we ran into a little bit of a roadblock because the name Lincoln Think was too similar to another educational tool out there and it would not go through the trademark system. So we had to rename it. So we brainstormed and we brainstormed and tried to come up with another name. We loved Lincoln Think so much. It was devastating to find out that we couldn't get it trademarked and we had a hard time coming up with an alternative. We had been calling it Lincoln Think for so long that it was so hard to see it as anything else. But eventually we came up with the name Linktivity, which now actually seems super obvious for it to be the name because it's an activity with links. It's a Linktivity and it makes sense, but at the time we just couldn't see it. But we were able to get that name trademarked. Linktivity is the official name. The trademark process is a little bit of a bear on its own. It takes almost a year to get it done, but we did it. And then 2020 hit, the pandemic, the age of distance learning, virtual teaching. You know it all too well. We don't need to rehash it. But Linktivities were there. They were there when teachers were scrambling to find ready-made digital resources to teach their students virtually. Linktivities were there to help keep learning fun when it became so hard to engage students through a screen. And we heard the same things that we had been hearing all along for the years prior to that. These are so fun. My students are so engaged. They love the control. They love being able to choose where they go into the Linktivity. The same themes kept reoccurring and we kept hearing the same things. And as you can imagine, during 2020, the age of distance learning, there was even more demand for Linktivities. 
So we really buckled down in 2020 and worked overtime trying to make as many new Linktivities as possible. Finally, in 2021, the Linktivity Learning Membership opened its doors to teachers for the first time. It's actually at the time of this recording, we are just celebrating our first full year inside the membership. And boy, I wish I would have had the membership ready in 2020 to help teachers then. But let me tell you, the demand for Linktivities has not dwindled by any means. Teaching with technology, with meaningful technology is here to stay. It is part of a 21st century classroom, which I talk about all the time here on the podcast. But we are so thankful that Linktivities were able to support teachers during the pandemic, but continue to do so now even though we're back in the classroom. And now it's 2022 and we're still rocking the membership one year later. And in January of this year, my husband actually left his corporate job to join Linktivity Learning full-time with me. He's the guy on the back end updating and improving our website, which actually just got a huge refresh this summer. It is beautiful. I love it so much. You should go check it out, linktivitylearning.com. He handles all the tech stuff for uploading new Linktivities into the membership library and a whole lot more. (laughs) We also have a couple other teachers who help us with the creation process so we can get these Linktivities out to you faster. But man, oh man, as I look back to where we started when I started in 2006 in my hot sticky classroom in a 1912 building with 1970s textbooks and my passion for PowerPoint... (laughs) You could not have told me that it would have turned into all of this. I would not have believed you. But here we are celebrating Linktivity Learning's first birthday. Happy birthday, Linktivity Learning. And we are just getting started. I wouldn't have believed you 10 years ago if you told me Linktivity Learning would be alive and well today. And I probably wouldn't believe you what you tell me is going to happen 10 years from now. You just never know. But I'm excited. I'm here for the ride and I have loved every minute of it. I've loved learning and growing and improving and making Linktivities better along the way. And as I think back and reflect on the story of the Linktivity, there's been one thing that has just continued to drive me and that is making something and putting something out into the world that makes students love learning. That's really the bottom line and I know that's what you do every day and that's why you do what you do and this is why I do what I do. And the feedback that I get from teachers, the things that I hear from students and people who are using Linktivities, it just keeps me going. And so I am here celebrating one year with Linktivity Learning. If you've used Linktivities at any point along the way, if you've been in the membership from the beginning, or if even if you're just a new member, thank you so much for being a part of the movement and for using these 21st century resources and learning tools with your students. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're interested and you want to learn more about Linktivities and Linktivity Learning and the membership that we have for teachers, just head to LinktivityLearning.com. Everything's there for you. You can see all the different types of topics that we have available. And we're putting out new Linktivities each and every month. We are trying to grow our library with more resources that support you and your students. So we're celebrating and we're really proud of what we have accomplished in the past year. And really in the past 10, 15 years that we've been working and evolving and improving Linktivities to what they are today. All right, that is all I have for you today. Join me in celebrating Linktivity Learning's first year by heading over to LinktivityLearning.com, checking it out, starting a free trial if you have never done Linktivities before. We would love and be honored for you to do so today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.